nerdies. How we doing today? It's a beautiful day here. Coming at you from the Fargo studio uh, is your boy, the American Yank. And with me, of course, from the Washington Heights studio, all the way on top of Manhattan's ivory tower, is one and only English What's Dave. What's up, guys? What's up, Travis? David, it's good to see it's your good face. To see your face. You know, we see it once a week. I could increase it. I could increase the amount. Shane, I couldn't see. Shane's like a once a four week type yeah, of no. face. Shane's just behind the scenes but you, doing his thing. But you, you are a once a week, perhaps twice a week type of face that I would I would definitely buy more stock in. Thank you, Travis. I like your face too. Not a problem, Dave. Now, Dave, for the, our viewers that can't see it, what vessel are you drinking out of today? I am drinking out of a beer mug. Um, that has the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's a bu- Ballad of Buster Scruggs uh, branded beer mug, I should say. Uh, Very nice. And for those who don't know, and for those that do know, Ballad of Buster it, Scruggs is one of Net- Netflix's new releases concerning the Coen yes. Brothers. So, Dave, without spoiling, because I'm sure that we're going to be having a podcast on it, if it is not already out, uh, yay, nay, or indifferent? I would say, yay, check it out. I, it felt confident. It also felt kind of reserved. It is, but more it on is, the confidence because side. it's 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 going to be an interesting review because what it is, it's not one film. It's it's the length of a film, but it's multiple stories that are not connected in any way outside of the Western setting. And so I feel like reviewing it means you have to review each kind of look at each individual story on its own, you know, and then also look at how they all come together as a package. And so. Some of them work, some of them don't, and some of them are middle of the way, you know, but still worth a watch. All right, Dave, let's jump in to our first movie trailer. But before we do that, before we even touch the movie trailer, guys, we're going to need you to jump on and subscribe. All right. We're going to need you to do a few things. We're going to need you to subscribe. We're going to need you to tell all your friends how good we do and the perspective that we provide and how we've enlightened your day with critical thinking and movie knowledge. We're also going to need you to leave a five-star review. Unfortunately, our systems don't actually accept anything less. You can try, but it it won't actually record. So uh, five-star reviews, tell your friends, like, subscribe, and share. does a lot for the podcast, does a lot for the bunch, and it does a lot for world peace because at the Nerdy Bunch, that's what we star in is world peace and good content. Ain't that right, Dave? Yep, indeed. All right. That being said, nothing to do with world peace. Uh, in fact, more to do with a childhood elephant that really was the first animated movie that many of us 90s babies might have maybe or did not see. Um, Dave, let's talk about Dumbo. Welcome, baby Dumbo. We're all family here, no matter how small. What's happening? Where are they taking her? Take Dumbo back inside. But she's his mom. Do something. She needs us. Look at me. We're going to bring your mama home. He doesn't look like magic to me. you to believe in them. Come on! You can do it, Dumbo. Show them.
fly. Circus owner Max enlists former star Holt and his children Millie and Joe to care for a newborn elephant whose oversized ears make him the laughingstock in an already struggling circus. But when they discover that Dumba can fly, the circus makes an incredible comeback, attracting persuasive entrepreneur V.A. Vanderveer, who recruits the peculiar Pachyderm for his newest larger-than-life entertainment venture, Dreamland. Dumba soars to new heights alongside a charming and spectacular aerial artist, Colette, until Holt learns that beneath its shiny veneer, Dreamland is full of dark secrets. This is directed by Tim Burton, and it will be the next in Disney's live animated to live action movies um travis i'll start with you what did you think of this trailer have you do you remember the original dumbo when was the last time you saw that and oh gosh uh i remember fragments just very very brief fragments i mean maybe i couldn't even tell you my favorite scene of dumbo i think i remember him on a high dive uh, and he flies but dave this was i mean when did dumbo came out in wait no 1941 Oh yeah, how, well, unless they remade it no, again. No, it's an old movie. That's why they have racist um, crows in it. Birds. Yep. That's right. Jim Crows. <laughs> Gosh, good old Americana. Um, Dave, I honestly don't remember a whole lot of it. Uh, it's like one of those early ones that you know is a Disney film, kind of like Steamboat yeah. Willie. Like no one really, or Steamboat Mickey or whatever have you. Um, you know, so it's, I don't have any familiarity or nostalgia with this film, which. I mean, it could try to revive a lot of young kids with the, you know, fantasy of Dumbo. It looks like they replaced those <laughs> those racist birds with mice, it yeah. looks like now, is kind of his, <laughs> his wingmen. I wasn't really put on by this trailer. You know, the name Tim Burton doesn't do anything for me. To myself, it felt like the score was a heavy score. It looks like there's doing some, for, you know, not forced drama, but it seems like they're trying to bump this film to a higher level, which... It just doesn't interest me, you know, just doesn't interest me. Um, my rubric for trailers is that there's still questions. And the only really question that I have, Dave, is how Colin Farrell lost his arm. That is really what I'm interested in. Because I had a double take in the trailer when you actually see his arm off and then you see it on and again. So he lost it, I'm assuming, during the war. Oh, is, or, or I mean, I don't know, do, maybe he's a circus person, maybe doing something. Doing a stink. Yeah, maybe a, a lion. thing gone wrong. Or, yeah, elephant. Maybe it was an elephant. Maybe Dumbo's mummy. Oh, poetic yeah, justice. Dumbo's mama. Uh, so I don't know, Dave. I, I, this doesn't excite me that much. It's not really question-provoking. It's a little bit outside of my time. I feel overloaded from circus movies just because I watched Greatest Showman the other year, so I feel like I've reached my... <laughs> <laughs> my capacity. It'll be interesting to see how this rolls out because Tim Burton really isn't one for kid films. It's all pretty dark stuff. We'll see. I don't know. Dave, you can fill in where I'm kind of losing my thought here because I just wasn't overall excited about watching or seeing it. Um, I've never really been the biggest Tim Burton fan. I appreciate his art style and his kind of uh, cinematography and design sense. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that and think he's this amazing director. I can't name one Tim Burton directed movie that I would be excited to watch again. Right, because you've always said about him being the producer and having his yes. name connected yes. to stuff, but it's not actually his yes. film. Big example, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Everyone was like, I love Tim Burton. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's like, 
uh, he didn't direct that. He was a producer on that, and they used his kind of art style. Actually, I will say the one Tim Burton movie that I actually enjoyed and I would watch again, and I'd like a remake or sequel or whatever to revisit the franchise is Beetlejuice. Because I think Beetlejuice is awesome. Ah, uh, well, there are, there is going to be a new yes. Beetlejuice. I don't know if it's with Tim. Uh, I have no idea. But I thought his he's worked with Disney before in terms of doing uh, one of these animated live action. That was with Alice in Wonderland, which I thought was absolutely atrocious. And But I will say with this, is it something that's piquing my interest? I'm not fully sold, but there's just something that's piquing my interest. I think... Th- is it Dumbo itself? No, I, I just think this might be something that actually could work for Tim Burton, that, that his his peculiar style could work for this thing. Because I think his style sometimes feels forced on whatever his subject matter is. I think sometimes it's got, it's got to find the right fit. And this might be a fit in that sense of his style works works in a way that it makes you believe that this elephant can fly, right? It doesn't feel mm. weird. He's created this world where this is believable, where you're not kind of pulled out like, whoa, this is strange. Because that's always the risk when you're converting animation to live action is kind of trying to make it feel real within the context of that world. And I think from for the, from that point of view, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm not, again, I'm not sold. I don't have a particular connection to the Dumbo story like you. I just know it through pop culture you know references i don't remember the movie i couldn't tell you the plot um and it's not a movie that i like i must watch again or i was clamoring for a live action remake but i'm kind of the, like in this kind of meh zone um i think it's got some good actors in it who could probably bring something to the table it, it yeah. really does it's got a, it's got a really nice it's i mean michael keaton dan devito colin yeah. farrell alan arkin is also in it um eva green mm-hmm. who is uh she worked with them on Miss Peregrine. Uh, Miss Peregrine, Home for Peculiar Children. She was the lead in that. She was also in Casino yes. Royale and uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Who liked her? I liked her in Kingdom of Heaven. She's got a really nice mystique to her. Wonder how she plays Colette. And then you have Dan DeVito's daughter, Lucy DeVito, playing Coat Check Girl, which could be a showrunner. <laughs> so look out for Coat Check. I like Girl. that. I like uh, that we don't have any Johnny Depp in it. I'm, th- I'm thankful. <laughs> But are are Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell interchangeable at this point? <laughs> well, no. I mean, maybe Colin Farrell doesn't go too deep into his characters, but it seems like they're kind of getting not similar. I, I don't know. Maybe Colin Farrell's more akin to Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I was going to say, Johnny Depp might be on well, an I feel island like of his Hugh own. Hugh Jackman's probably just taking the spot that Johnny Depp left when he started just becoming characters. Because that's all Johnny Depp does now. Character he just driven. becomes a character. And not just a regular character, just like an outlandish character. Like, Well, there's a larger conversation to have, Dave, about all these all these new movies that demand a, a you know a, a mental case basically to get into their character because they're shooting in front of green yeah. screens yeah. you know like there's a there's a famous tale from the set of Ian McKellen crying on the hobbit set because there was no stage there was no set it was just a green oh. screen and he was you know he was visually crying because he said you know this isn't what i got into acting for and whatnot so maybe you gotta be a little bit in your head to pull off some of this acting well that's it well that's the the other thing it's and i've always had this kind of conversation about green screen not to sidetrack as someone who wants to make movies in the science fiction realm i've always felt that as a director in this day and age you have to part of your job is trying to have the actors understand what's happening right pull that out of them and use the example of lord of the rings and Ian McKellen crying, but through all of that, the movie turned out awesome, and his performance was awesome. So it tells you that Jackson, at least for that film, was able to 
you know, even through tears and sweat. <laughs> literally, get literally, yeah. get it out of it. It's true. It's true. Ian McKellen might be the only one who was decent out of that film. But Dave, back to uh, Tim Burton real quick. You know, looking at some of these screenshots from the set, Tim, and he did this in um, Alice in Wonderland. The man builds a pretty good world. I mean, it, visually speaking, it's very, it's, it's just very t turned up to 10, you know, with the, the grand design and the, the kind of gilded era um, Americana, as it were. You know, it's not like bumpkin stuff, the circus comes into town. I mean, you look at, I'm looking at this one scene, you've got elegant, you know, purple robes, you've got pristine cars, you've got people in the top hats, dreamland all lit up. So, I mean, that immersive world, uh, I think does play into Tim's, I'd probably say that's Tim's strongest and that's what hand. I, and that's now, what I meant by finding the right fit for his style. You know, his style doesn't always fit. Like, I thought his style didn't work for Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, yes, it's quirky and weird, but it needs to be brighter. He has this kind of, he has a lot of colors, but a lot of blues and reds, but they're very muted. You know, Tim Burton works with color, but he keeps his, his colors very muted. And I think it works for Dumbo because it evokes a time and a setting. You know, this, like you said, this the original Disney movie was in the 40s. And so it's almost like this is taking us back with this muted look. And I like that look for this. I don't like it. I didn't like it for Alice in Wonderland, but I think this this one it, it works. Yeah, Dumbo looks good. Yes, the, the actual elephant. He does look good. The actual elephant yes. looks really good. Um, I liked how you know, frankly believable with them big ass ears. You're like, okay, maybe this yes. could work. And I liked in the trailer how you figured out how he could fly was from a sneeze yes. or a feather, which might be verbatim what happens in the original yes. one. Um, you know, Dave, I might actually, uh, I'd go back and watch the original one. I'll go see it, see what it's all about. Go back down and remember if I remember seeing it or not. But, uh, you know, Dumbo guys, I would be interested to see the opening numbers. And I'd also be interested to see, I mean, who would you send to watch this, Dave? Um, I guess there's a lot of, there's people who, I think this movie could also be attracted to like older people who remember the original Dumbo. You know? Someone in the crowd says he'd be like, where are those, where are the crows? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Why are those crows? I and, love those and, crows. And then everyone's going to be like, what? And just because I don't really care for him, Tim Burton does have his fans. Tim Burton does have his fans. He does. He At does. the end of the day, it's also a Disney film, so. Check out the other people that are spinning their wheels, too, on the Nerdy Bunch. Guys, we have tons and tons of content. Uh, Dave. Looks like that rooftop talk is very popular with the fans on yeah. iTunes. The popularity for the rooftop talks, oh. they're oh. up. Yeah. So guys, go out there and check. Dave bringing back a unique style of talking. We have, we, it's on we our have rooftop. A new one this week coming up, actually, we're talking about um, twin movies. You know, when similar movies come out around the same time, we're talking about that phenomenon throughout the history of Hollywood. So check that out. Dave, you know what I like? I like that not only are you fulfilling questions that need to be asked, but you're also giving people questions to ask their friends too. You know, like gather when people are having the coffee or when they're sitting around the bar and you're like, yeah, I was listening to this podcast and they're talking about twin movies. And oh yeah, I was talking about this one. You know, it's like, that is where, we're, that's what we do. We spark the conversation, guys. It's time to get back to good conversation and we're having it here on the Nerdy Bunch. So check it out, like, subscribe, tell your friends. Only five-star reviews we don't accept for. Thank you. Let's go on to the next one. Dave, Pokemon is without a doubt 
a phenomenon that took over our generations. And that said, I'm very excited. And I'm going to say it up front right now. I'm okay with Ryan Reynolds being the voice. Dave, take it away. Tell me what Detective it's about. Detective Pikachu. Welcome to Rhyme City. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. Tim, your dad was a legend in this precinct. If you were anything like your dad... I'm not. I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Yeah, that didn't really work out. Someone there? Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know you can't understand me, but put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my God, you can understand me. Stop. I've been so lonely. They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? Pika Pika. Yeah, Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? I don't need a Pokemon, period. Then what about a world-class detective? Because if you want to find your pops, I'm your best bet. We're going to do this. A young man joins forces with Detective Pikachu to unravel the mystery behind his father's disappearance. Chasing clues through the streets of Rhyme City, the dynamic duo soon discover a devious plot that poses a threat to the Pokemon universe. This stars Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu's voice and directed by Rob Letterman who gave us Goosebumps, which was actually pretty good. Monsters vs Aliens, which wasn't not bad. And Shark Tale, which is a piece of trash. <laughs> I actually I think I liked Monsters vs. Aliens if yeah. I, I think I saw it yeah, once I thought it was, it was a fun it's Monsters vs. Aliens fun but yes Travis like you okay I've had a lot of conversations with various people throughout this week about this trailer and the most vocal thing I've heard surprisingly was whoa this looks creepy I don't know if I like this I don't know if I like this but me personally I'll tell you this when I heard this movie was going to come out because you know we hear about movies before they get filmed I was like, wait, you're doing a live action Detective Pikachu movie as your first Pokemon movie? Firstly, I'm not opposed to the idea of live action animation hybrids. I'm, I love animated stuff. I love technology. So any ideas like that, I'm always open to it. But my issue was, why are you starting with Detective Pikachu? Where's Ash's story? Where's the traditional kind of Pokemon story? Um, I do know that Detective Pikachu games are one of the most popular Pokemon games. But even then, I was like, still. It's popular, but not many people know about it. Then I saw this trailer. True, I didn't. I didn't know about yeah. it either. I didn't know about no, Detective. It is Pikachu. one of the most popular selling games for a certain gen uh, generation, but still a lot of people because it, it came after our original generation of Pikachu, the, the Detective uh -huh. Pikachu story, uh, games. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, "Whoa, this is kind of awesome!" And I love the concept. Yeah. I love the style. And Ryan Reynolds' voice works perfectly for it. Yes, you may think Deadpool and that kind of stuff, but I feel like that's part of the point of having a voice like his because the idea is that you're with the kid. You're the only ones that can hear it, this voice. And so that adds the humor, I, I, I think, about it. I love the visual style of it. Um, I actually kind of like that they're using Detective Pikachu now because the narrative 
kind of gives us a way to kind of see a whole range of things in within the Pokemon universe because you're you're being a detective, you're yeah. searching for things, you know. And I and I think and also it because not many people outside of like hardcore fans know about it, you can kind of be fresh with certain things rather than um, having to be stuck to a certain kind of narrative. Uh, we see a lot of Pokemon in this trailer. Like if you pause it in every moment, there's a whole bunch of Pokemon for fans to kind of look over. Uh, the, the Easter eggs are ridiculous, incredible. ridiculous. Like I couldn't, I was going to see if I, I mean, can even look at you. you no, no you can't. Because there's something there that unless you've been playing the multiple generations <laughs> of Pokemon, you just won't know the Pokemon. Like I, my my Pokemon IQ pretty much stops with silver, yes. and I even don't know many of the silver ones. But like I'm the original. What was it? One hundred one, including Mewtwo. Yeah, yeah. So like I remember all those are very familiar. But I'm looking at the uh, the movie poster right now. I mean, just the little things. Like there's a camera shop that's called Snap. Harken back to Pokemon, Pokemon Snap, Snap, one yeah. of the best Pokemon yeah. games. You got Charizards, and you you have you know J Puffs, which J Puff Records, yeah. which is great. Little <laughs> shout out to Jigglypuff being able to sing. I loved that in the trailer, Jigglypuff put a guy to say uh, to sleep when she was singing in a bar called Espresso. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then like, she's got she's it, got the Jigglypuff has the microphone that turns into a marker, so you can always imagine that Jigglypuff's gonna mark yeah. her face up. The guy fell asleep. <laughs> and you know, this is I think that this is a great. I didn't know much. I didn't know that Detective Pikachu was a thing. Um, I did watch a few updates on the whole world yesterday on YouTube, um, you know, and them talking about the game and how Jigglypuff. And I'm sorry, well, Pikachu actually has this kind of gritty voice in the game, and they, you know, that's a great avenue because even though it's all very cutesy looking type stuff, like Pokemon is a, it never claims to be a kid's anything. You know, it's got creatures and it's cute and kids played it, but it never came out blatantly and said, we're a G, you know, everybody loves us type game, you know, and, and the, at the it deals with these consequences, it deals with these complexities of fighting, you know, force fighting, Pokeball entrapment. Um, and the nice thing is, is that I think we'll be able to see that through Pikachu talking about some of these, you know, frankly indentured servants to some degree when you're talking about Pokemon. And definitely the tone that it's setting, this isn't, this isn't the, you know, harken back to Toy Story. This isn't a Toy Story world. This is like, uh, this is a world where I could easily see, it would be too concerning, but you could definitely see like a pretty, you know, some curse words being dropped. Not like fuck, you know, sorry, bleep. Um, but it, um, it I mean, they're we, not going to drop curse. something insane as okay. that. But they, I think they aren't gonna hold, hold back. Yeah, yeah. No, I you think know, if they under, if depending on what Pokemon crowd they want to go after. But this has a lot of, you know, they showed a lot more creatures that were harking back to the original. You saw Charizard, Jigglypuff, Psyduck, you saw Charizard. you saw, yeah, like, you saw, he, he looks scary, like, Danny. In, in as he comes up, into frame, yeah, as he comes into frame, the last shot, you can see the scales it's on his skin freaky. and like scar yeah. on his face. Yeah, that was great, and and that's that the thing. So it's, I think with the visuals, some people find it creepy. It's weird. I think that's some of the older crowd find it creepy and like, oh, this is weird. But my whole thing is like, well, how would, how do you think it would look like in real life? And I think this is how you do translate them to real life. You know, so yeah, but I totally, I totally understand where they're coming from with that too, because like I might, I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned that I'm gonna find the Lion King kind of creepy, just because when you see your childhood yeah. things come to life. It's just a conscious thing where you're like, ah, this is kind of odd. But, but I think Lion I King, I think, what they did I think Lion King is kind of easier just because 
um, it's easier when you're trying to recreate real things as opposed to alien because yet because something like a Pokemon is already alien to us so we're already kind of weirded out by it whereas if someone does a really photorealistic CGI lion you can be fooled into thinking that's a real lion right whereas if someone did a photorealistic I mean look at you saw Jungle Book Shere Khan they did a they did a great job with that with with those characters and that's my kind of I feel like Disney if they could do that with Jungle Book imagine what they're going to do with Lion King but back to yeah. Pokemon I think they did a good job with kind of not making them overly realistic but kind of that kind of mixed mm -hmm. blend where you kind of still aware because ultimately I think because someone said oh but look at Mr. Mime he looked creepy I'm like well he would look creepy that's a creepy creature it's, it's creepy, you know yeah. like certain creatures in real life kind of look creepy and I mean, Mewtwo is going to look freaking creepy if they bring him into this. I'd imagine that they will. I mean, my my concern, it's not even a concern. My hope is that I see all of the characters that I truly yeah. love, you know? Like, you want to see how they did everyone's thing. I love that Pikachu's kind of fuzzy. Yeah, I do, I do I think too. That's some some really people don't cool. like that. I love that. Some people don't like that. But he would be fuzzy. Uh, He's a like cat a, kind of thing. And you know what's nice too is that we're seeing the inner city where humans are living with Pokemon, and then it looks like in that trailer you see um, our our main character carrying Pikachu, and there's a bunch of Bulbasaur's coming down with him. So it's like you see him in the wild yeah, too, yeah. and this just feels like you can't help but get chills thinking about the immersive world that say, we're going to jump into. The world feels real, and like it's like the same thing as Pokemon Snap. If anyone's ever played Pokemon Snap, even today, um, but definitely back when it first came out you're just in this complex world where you're not looking at through a game boy screen you're like developed in it and seeing these things in like their natural habitat and it's that's really exciting yeah. and i i really like it and i i frankly am am not knowing what the game was like but i've got a lot of trust just from what i'm seeing so here of how they're gonna go about did you it. notice and so did you yeah. notice that um, we didn't see any Pokeballs? Everyone kind of doesn't... We didn't see no, any Pokeballs. Nobody puts their Pokemon in Pokeballs. Pokemon seem to be walking around with people on their shoulders, on their backpack. Yeah, I wonder if they addressed yeah. that. I wonder if they addressed, like, Pokemon yeah, rights some, in this maybe game. Maybe in the past they used to be like, oh, you used to do that in the past. We don't do that anymore. Well, Dave, you know what this could go into? And I thought this particular movie did it brilliantly. How Zootopia took those types of yeah, tropes. Yeah, yeah. That was so brilliantly yeah. done. And I think that they can definitely recreate the same type of atmosphere in this movie, which would make it that much oh, yeah. better. I mean, I think I'm already kind of interested in the narrative itself, you know, following um, this kid who's looking for his father. But then you can tell, I like from the trailer, yeah, where you can tell this kid really wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when he, when he was younger. But then life came in the way and now he's just got a boring job. And But this is his chance. And I, and I think this is an interesting story as well that can kind of pull us, the audience, into this world, you know? Right. Yeah, we don't really know what happened. We know that his father is apparently part of this conspiracy. But he was a tech detective, and I too. Like that his dad was a detective. He was, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, keep your ears out for that. We'll let you know when that drops. And please go ahead and check in on all of our other content. We've been busy at work, and we're not stopping. It's almost 2019. We ain't stopping. We ain't stopping then. So check out all of our stuff. We've got spoiler-free and spoiler reviews. Of course, you can find this lovely trailer 
podcast almost every week. And we also have Rooftop Talks News. I mean, you name it. Hell, drop us an idea. If you want something that we want to talk about, go ahead. Drop us a line. We're always ears at info at the nerdybunch.com. And as always, please like, subscribe, comment, and share. Only five-star reviews are acceptable on this podcast. And please, please tell your friends and your aunt and your grandma and all your family over the Christmas, over the Thanksgiving dinner table. Perfect time to talk about the podcast. And without further ado, Dave, any last words? I just like to say, keep it nerdy. All right. Well, with that, everybody, Dave, do the honors. I just did. Keep it nerdy. Uh, You buzzed out. (laughs) (laughs) You broke out. Yes. Keep it nerdy. All right. See you guys.